You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Hey, everybody. It's Seth. We have our first sponsor today, and it's a fantastic gentleman named Alex Hillman. Good friend of mine. He released a book earlier this fall called The Tiny MBA, 100 Very Short Lessons About the Long Game of Business. It's all about business and sales and why people buy money and success, branding and marketing, professional decision-making, investments, dealing with your clients. And for those who don't know Alex, he started Indie Hall. I think it's one of the first, or if not the first, co-working spaces in Philly, as well as in the nation, if not the world. This book is fantastic. It is 107 pages full of great knowledge. You can get through it in a half an hour, but you're going to want to go back again and again. You can pick this up at socl.bz slash tinymba. That's socl.bz slash tinymba. I can't put it down. You won't be able to either. Check it out. socl.bz slash tinymba. Thanks, guys, and thanks, Alex, for sponsoring the show. the Digital Marketing Dive Podcast. Hey everyone and welcome to Season 2, Episode 22 of the Digital Marketing Dive Podcast. I'm Seth with Goldstein Media. With me is always the amazing, talented, kick-ass... Shannon, a Diane Business Consulting. I don't think we get to expletive on that because I don't think ass is necessarily a bleepable word, but whatever, <laughs> she's kick-ass and we'll leave it with that. Today we have another kick-ass person. Cam, I'm really going for the explicit tag here. Camden Webster, the author of Find Your Red Thread. It just came out, well, this is coming out in two weeks, but as of this recording, it is out today. Yes. Which nice. is the which is the 18th of May. So go pick it up. The link is in the show notes. I've known Tamsin since we met at the Web 2.0 conference back when Web 2.0 was a thing. In New York City, it's a Javits Center. And we just stayed in touch since then. And she has this whole concept of the red thread and how it goes through things. And and what is the red thread, Tamsin? The red thread, as I have conceived it, is the uh, it's the story that our brain builds to connect question and answer, problem and solution, issue and idea. It is the story that we tell ourselves to make things make sense. And the red thread method that I talk about in the book is how to find, extract, and articulate that for your own ideas. I love it. Oh, love it. Love it. And she's practiced that a few times. <laughs> well, you know, there's, I just, I have to tell you any aspiring authors out there, like if don't, don't write a book on messaging, <laughs> 
<laughs> because like when you write a book on messaging, like you end up in these like deep meta existential questions. Oh, like because awesome. like I had to write the book using a red thread. It has to be about the red thread. So it was just this like inception level of like so. yeah, exactly. That sounds awesome. So tell us a little bit about what you do when you're not writing a book. Who is Tamsin Webster?
I like to say that my primary function is as an English to English translator. Ooh, I like uh, that. Yeah, I work. And it's primarily. needed. It's That's needed. clever. I love yeah. that. Well, I work. I mean, I have it. I love experts. I just, I love them. And uh, one of the most charming quirks of experts. So I work with a lot of scientists and engineers, technologists, but also a lot of business experts, authors, speakers, those kinds of folks. Um, and one of the charming quirks of those people is that the deeper, the more of an expert they are, the more they have lost their native human tongue. Mm -hmm. um, and the more they've lost the ability to talk to other people about that expertise. Right here. Right here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In a way that people really understand it and connect to it and act on it. And yet these people are oftentimes the, the, the originator of such important and interesting and, and potentially impactful ideas uh, that it just, it, it broke my heart that the, the failure point of these ideas so often was simply at, at, at the point of explanation. And I, I just really wanted to figure out a way to help people like that solve that problem. That's awesome. It's interesting. I've had a conversation around that twice today. Around, Have you really? Yes, around um, sales versus implementation, and then around that high level bringing it down to a customer. You know, um, the the example the gentleman used was like a biology professor, right? Needing to teach some of the concepts to third graders. How does he bring that down? And we see that in business all the time. We can speak oh, yeah. the speak, right? But or speak the talk, but clients are like, I don't know what that means. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it, it, digital marketing is even worse. Oh my yes. God. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. So because there's all sorts of shortcuts. I mean, there's there's, you know, the the more the better you know a thing, the more shortcuts you you develop for it. And um, and the problem is, is that a lot of times these shortcuts sound like words that other people would understand. So we use shortcuts yeah. like saying leadership or partnership, um, innovation even. And, or synergy. Synergy. Or synergy. And, and it's not that there's anything specifically wrong with those words. It's just that that within our own worldview, within our particularly either, either our own expertise or our own companies, those words actually have a very specific meaning. Mm -hmm. And the, the problem is that if you if we don't take that next step and actually articulate and clearly define what we mean by those things, that's yet another one of those places where messages and really important content can just go wrong because people right. think you mean one thing and you mean something mm -hmm. totally different. Absolutely. Um, so you also organized a TEDx, TEDx Cambridge, right? Or TEDx Boston? TEDx, TEDx Cambridge. Yes, there is a TEDx Cambridge. Boston. That's not mine. I know it's very confusing. I live in Boston. It's TEDx Cambridge for a long time. TEDx Cambridge actually, the event was actually in Boston. It's oh, well, we're not going to make it confusing at all. No. You also no. spoke at it too, right? Uh, no, I spoke at TEDx Wilmington Women. Um, oh, but that I, was yeah. confusing. Yeah, I know. It's just, yeah, which that was in Delaware. Um, oh, was in Delaware. Yeah, the Wilmington Delaware one, yes. Um, but yes, I was the executive producer for TEDx Cambridge for about five years, four or five years. I took a year or two off as I was building my business. And then they, they asked me back about two years ago to come back. And now the role they created for me is something we call the idea strategist. So oh, it's perfect for you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, oh, it's so much fun. So um, I work hand in hand with the executive director and he and I, and I'm, 
he does a lot of the finding of the speakers. He and I together make the final call on whether or not we think someone's got the, we've, they've got the idea. And then together and following the same process that the book is all about, we help them kind of extract the most powerful angle on that idea and outline their talk. And then from there, they go over to writing coaches and, and et cetera. But um, yeah, I love being there right at the beginning of of really helping them shape like what aspect of the idea are they talking about yeah. and what's the way to you know how do we what is the most powerful way that we can put it out there um so that not only the speaker connects to it but the audience does too sure awesome. now when you spoke um was it on this concept of the red thread it was, but I kind of more, more generally, I mean, I think that, you know, you, yeah, you can find it on the TEDx YouTube channel and it's somewhere on my own site, I think somewhere. Um, but yeah, what I spoke was, uh, how to bridge a mental gap. And that was the title of the talk. It is, it is at heart what the, you know, the red thread is all about, what the book is all about. Um, it's about how do you kind of go from one step to another and, uh, I, I articulate the same steps that you see in the book, but talk about it much more from the perspective of the original Greek myth that gave the story its name, which or gave the red thread its name. So it's kind of a an artistic intertwining of these. Oh, Ooh, I like that. That's yeah. awesome. I know. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. That's great. On the website, you say that the best ideas are aren't found; they're built. Can you yeah. go a little bit more into that? Like you know. How do you build an idea per se? You know, like well, we do it all the time. Uh, see our, so Jared Zaltman, who's a Harvard business professor says that 95% of our decision-making is unconscious. And I think it's probably more accurate if you go deep in all this to actually say it's pre-conscious. Um, and what's happening all the time is that our, our brains are taking new information and we are building these stories that to make them make sense, you know, this is why this happened. You know, uh, we assign roles to people like here's the he's the hero and I'm, I'm the victim and he's the villain. Um, we assign motivations to people and to ourselves. And all of this time, we're trying to, like, make sense of information. And so our brains are building these stories. And so it's it's not that we don't find these ideas. I do that moment that we that it clicks and we're like, ah. Oh, that's the idea, um, is actually the moment where all the tumblers of the lock kind of lock into place, where that story that your brain is trying to build suddenly clicks in, that all the pieces are there, they're in the right order, and they align with what you already know and believe to be true about the world. Um, so that's what I mean when, a, when I say that an idea is, is built and not found, um, is that it, our brains are you know, kind of building these ideas piece by piece. Sure. So the whole hypothesis of the book and the thing that I've kind of, you know, tested out now for five years is that, you know, the question I had was, well, if that's true, what happens if we break an idea back down into those pieces, we make sure that any piece of content has those pieces in it, then what we should be able to do, and this ends up being true, is that we should be able to rebuild that story in somebody else's head. And so we're able to kind of transmit the idea to them with minimal distortion and kind of maximum understanding because it's a it's a code of sorts that their brain already recognizes. That's oh, that's brilliant. so cool. I love that because I think so often you're absolutely right. We build those ideas in our head, yep. but then when we go to 
we assume that the people are thinking the exact same way that we are, right? So when right. we relay that message and, and what that looks like to us, we don't necessarily think to put it in pieces where they can take it and put it together like we do. We right. just throw a bunch of pieces at them and, and hope that they put it together appropriately. Right. And yeah. we put a bunch of pieces that are like expert pieces. They're the, the pieces right. of, of, you know, of kind of living in expert town wherever we are. Um, and, and we forget that, you know, when we first talk to somebody who doesn't know our idea, who doesn't have the same expertise, who's not from the same industry, all sorts of things, we forget that like, we're trying to give them turn by turn navigation around our idea, why it makes sense, how it works, why it's awesome. They don't even know what continent you're on. Yeah. Right. Right. I actually have a beautiful story about this. Um, I was explaining what we do to someone the other day, my company, Diane business and, and I go through my whole spiel and they stop me at the end and they're like, one, I don't know what fractional work is. And two, I don't know what white labeling is. And it occurred to me, I went through that whole spiel and they got hung up on two words that they have no idea what they meant. And those pieces mean a lot, right? In that yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, had, I was having a conversation with one, one of my uh, starter clients earlier this week and she, we were having this conversation and she's like, oh my gosh. She's like, I totally understand where I've gone wrong. She's like, these folks, she's like, the folks that I'm talking to, they're just trying to find people jobs. And here I am talking about sustainability and clean energy. And they're like, what are you, we just are, we're just trying to find people jobs. Yeah. yeah. And like, and that's exactly it. It doesn't mean that you can't draw them a map from where they are to where you are. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's our responsibility as as idea makers, as communicators, as digital marketers, to make sure that we are starting where they are, right? Mm -hmm. Like you know, because how good would your turn by turn directions are to say, well, I'm going to walk backwards from where I am right now, like, and just follow it in reverse. Like, you couldn't. That's not a map that, that yeah, anybody can follow. That. So what we have to do is do it the way that we know works, yeah. which is to say, okay, you're here. <laughs> let me, let me, let me show you how to get where I am from where right. you are. Right. That's awesome. The whole idea of the red thread has always like, I've been following you know, your trajectory since we've met. And the whole idea of the red thread is, it's just so fascinating to me. It's just how there is a thread through an idea and just figuring out, where it leads you. And then my brain, like the red thread's like this. <laughs> and it, it's straightening it out, making it more logical. That's, you know, always interesting to do. Well, it's about finding, I mean, I'm a big fan of efficiency. Like if I had to summarize, like, you know, my worldview in a proverb, mm -hmm. it would be like that a stitch in time saves nine. So, um, and a lot of that was shaped by kind of that early work at TEDx Cambridge because you don't have a lot of time. So how no. do you take, how do you take somebody's entire career worth of research in a lot of cases and, and boil it down to like 10 to 18 minutes and yeah. you don't have time to wander all over the place. Um, you know, I, the book is full of proverbs. It's they relate to something in the book that I call truth statements. Um, but one of the ones that I've found that really speaks to the whole approach is that, um, you know, the fool wanders, the wise man travels and mm, really like trying, you know, trying to have this idea that the red thread is your guide guideline. It is like that, that map, that, that mm. line you follow, the route right. you follow um, to help make it, make it make the journey from your for your audience as efficient and as mm -hmm. effective as possible to your idea and why it's yeah. important that's awesome so what was it like writing a book are you asking authors <sighs> this because yeah. it, it, 
Yeah, tell us about that process and what it did to you emotionally and, and you know, the whole physical yeah. process. Uh, I avoided it for a really long time. Um, and it's kind of, I feel about it kind of how I feel about entrepreneurship and and becoming, as my friend Jeffrey Shaw would say, a self-employed business owner, which I actually like better than entrepreneur. Um, it took me a long time to become a self-employed business owner. Um, I'm glad I waited as long as I did. I feel the same way about the book. I'm glad that I waited as long as I did to write it because you know, the, the red thread in its near current form and, you know, with its name, it, you know, is, is almost as old as my business is. Um, and you know, people from the get go are like, oh, you should write a book. You should write a book. And I'm like, mm. it has to be, it has to be the right time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I will admit there was a full stop, like a whole year of just complete like block of like, I'm not a writer. I don't know why I can't write this thing. Sure. Um, and I did all sorts of things like, you know, I hired a very, you know, a really wonderful development ed editor named Deborah Ager. And she helped me just kind of like talk it through. So I was like, maybe that'll help. You know, and the thing that actually just got me to write it was that I set up a Zoom room every morning at 9 a.m. I told some fellow folks that were writing as well. I'm like, I'm going to be there at nine. If you need to write too, I'm going to be there. And I'm going to commit to writing at least one 20 minute sprint every day. Oh, brilliant. And That's a great idea. And so, yeah, I just set up a URL. So I was just like, come join me at nine. I'm going to be there. And for me, it wasn't even that, like, it was just the knowledge that somebody else might find it useful for me to be there. That was enough to get me to me to go. And then that right. was enough to just to get me to like, and then, you know, 20 minutes, an hour at a time every day, I, you know, eventually, yeah, I was pacing at about a chapter every week or two and then and then that kind of like over the course of that finally got it written sure. <laughs> so, got it for the muse it just grounded out 20 minutes at a time yeah that's, that's brilliant awesome. and i like the concept of you know you hear about accountability all the time right but you kind of flip that it was not you needed to be held accountable it was that you're showing up to help someone mm -hmm. else i like that yeah that concept that's much more how i'm wired i mean i i Me love too. gretchen yeah. rubin's four tendencies i am i am like textbook upholder if you know that if you know how she talks about so it's like i really i'm i'm good like i'm i'm like i can motivate myself um mm -hmm. and i don't need to be like you know i don't but for whatever reason it really was just like well I'm going to do this anyway. And if that's helpful to somebody else, right. then I'm happy to do it. Yeah. And then it okay. helped you in the long run. That's, that's it sure awesome. did. Yeah. Got it written. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, so where can people find this book? Obviously the, the big behemoth is known as Amazon, but where else can people find it? So it is uh, redthreadbook.com basically has yeah. all the folks, but you can find it at Barnes and Noble, Porchlight Books. So it is, uh, it is not, is not available in hardcover and in hard copy in stores. So it is definitely, it's oh. like, it's like uh, I mean, you can get a hard copy. They exist, I promise. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Porchlight Books is a way to order it from an independent you know, kind That's of awesome. And, or, and go to redthreadbook.com. That's awesome. Yeah. So I just, I put it all in the same place. And uh, uh, by the time this comes out, the pre-order goodies will be gone, but there are goodies. If you let us know that you've bought the book and sent us an email about it, we've, we're going to have some goodies up for people. Um, things like check, you know, some checklists and some cheat sheets to kind oh, of people love that stuff. extra, oh, extra kind of, as you're working through it, just some extra reference things to have by your side. Oh, that's that's awesome. awesome. I love it. 
So I, is it a breath of fresh air? I mean, just kind of this release now that it's actually out there and, and making a difference or is it not that big of a deal at this point? I mean, it's, um, we were joking before the call and I'm like, well, you know, it's kind you know, everyone's like, you know, talks about like birthing a book baby. And I'm like, you know, having a baby, I've had two, it's a little bit more definitive than, than, than writing a book. Um, because, you know, there's, you know, there is a moment where there is no baby and then there is one, right? Like when you're, you know, if you have kids um, and then, and the book, there kind of is that moment, but you know, the thing that people don't tell you is like, you know, the book doesn't magically appear the day that it's published. I mean, you've got copies of it sometimes like weeks, in certain cases, months ahead of time. Um, and so it's kind of for my, in my mind, it's already, you know, it's already been there. Um, sure. but, also, but also the way that I'm also the way that I'm wired, I'm very much along the lines of, okay, that's done. Let's like, what's next. It's kind of like, okay. <laughs> Now right. you've, been down, you've been for four weeks now it's launched like wait i get back to that yeah exactly so i mean yesterday was pretty much like you know it's just it was launch day but i was like well i got a client call and i gotta go pick my kids up from school you know it was just like right. it was monday uh, just happened to publish funny. a book on it you know on the same day but you know oh that's all just i just that's all. Well, yeah that's all that's all but well, it is, it's what... surreal it's kind of a surreal feeling that's awesome. so what is next for you what, yeah, what is that what's the next challenge uh, the next challenge is, is pretty much related to this, um, and that is to develop an accreditation program so that other Ooh, people can, can do this um, because it's a, it's a particularly useful approach. Uh, I found it for um, either for folks who do this for their own clients who are regularly trying to figure out how to develop messaging for their own clients. So that's mm -hmm. internal you know, marketing, product marketing, sales teams. Uh, I also do a lot of work with um, admissions offices and oh, wow. uh, fundraising offices in okay. you know nonprofits and higher ed, uh, and and then on, oh, of course there's people with just individual clients. So the next the next phase is I know how I teach it. Now it's to teach other people how to teach it and, and awesome. be able to do that. So that's kind of the big next step is to that's awesome. run let's and a, launch that. Let's take a quick break and thank our sponsor, Savvy Cal. Savvy cow, not cow, cow. <laughs> like, you know, I, it's, I have talked to them. I know you got to change your name. Because if us Philadelphians, we can't say cow. Savvycow.com. <laughs> you can go to the link in the show notes. What it is, is a scheduling tool for your, your recipients will love to use. I've tried Cowly. I've tried the HubSpot one. I've tried this one. I've tried that one. This one superimposes yours, your schedule on top of the other person's calendar. So you can actually click and find your spots where you can meet. It's brilliant. The link is in the show notes. Go check them out. We love Savvy Cow. Not Cow. Cow. <laughs> love it. Oh, absolutely. So, Tamsin, this has been such a pleasure. I, I, I've, i you know, I was unfortunate that I, was, I got a little bit of an advance in the books. I got to read a little bit of it. It's fantastic. Thank oh, you. my God. I love it. And I can't wait to read it, hold it in my hands and read it. I'm like, yes. <laughs> It, it it is coming i promise like i no, uh, it's in the mailbox i guarantee is, you yes. amazon it says it's in the mailbox i just couldn't get to the mailbox in time so <laughs> does exist but this exist. has been fun this oh, thank you so much for making some, some time for us i know you're so oh, busy oh i'm happy no this is this is this is the fun stuff so you know as a oh, yeah. You know, I'm a very much a situational extrovert, so it is. Uh... I like that situational extrovert. <laughs> yeah, that is. A... I'm just an extrovert. I'm just. I'm not. I'm I am not. I am. I am definitely a very.
very intense introvert until those moments where I need to be something else. And I there like we go. Situational, situational extrovert. I love yeah. that. It's my new favorite term. Because me and Shannon are just, me and Shannon are very much oh. like, we're just like extrovert. A friend of mine calls me a raging extrovert. Oh, oh you are. <laughs> you are a raging extrovert. We need those in the world. You are yeah. important So people. we have a situational yeah. extrovert. We have a raging extrovert. And we have an extrovert that says, and that's yeah. That's all good. I can't wait to see the transcript for this podcast and see what (laughs) how they how they write. Anyhow, we want to thank everyone for coming out and watching us live. And if you haven't watched us live, we do do these live most of the time on Tuesday nights. But you know, Tam didn't want it too, so we're happy to do it during the day. Thank you. Nice little variety here, which is kind of nice. Um, So if you're enjoying the show, we have a few more in this season before we take a much needed break, Mm -hmm. which is not really break for either of us but it's a break from the show so we can focus on the other stuff that we can't break from but um reach out to us on our digital marketing dive channels you can find us most, most places digital marketing dive twitter is a little smushed but you know they have a character limit uh, reach out to us at hello at digital you can find all of our links at dmd.fm um give us a review on apple Podchaser, anywhere you can find a place to rate a review for us please do And we will see you in two weeks. (laughs) Bye. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.